Fran fam, what's going on? Listen, before we start this podcast episode, I have a very, very small favor to ask of each and every single one of you guys. I appreciate the support that all of you have been showing for the podcast up until this point, but we want to try and get these episodes out to as many people as possible. And how we do that on the audio side is by leaving a review and dropping a five-star rating. So if you've been a consistent listener of the pod, please, before we get this episode started, it only takes a couple of seconds, leave a review. It could be a two-word, three-word, four-word review or just leave a rating do something to get the word out so that we can get the marvin francois show to more listeners moving forward outside of that love you guys appreciate the support but without further ado let's get into this episode but this one property in particular right mm-hmm. i had a tenant in there and the buyer was offering me twenty thousand dollars more than asking price but he wanted the property delivered vacant okay so i asked that tenant to leave and i said no matter what you owe me i just want you out i actually gave him two thousand dollars we call it cash for keys so okay you give me the keys he go $2,000. I don't care what you owe me. But he said, I need you to put my items in a storage unit for 90 days until I find another place to stay. Right. I said, bet. Let's do it. I went to every single storage facility in my area. Everything was sold out. Mm. I'm like, damn, I need to be on this side of the business. Why all the units sold out? And at that point, light bulb went off. YouTube University, right? Mm-hmm. Google. I'm, I'm looking up all the information on the storage business. Mm-hmm. And I end up coming across a mastermind. I paid $25,000, flew out to Arizona. I learned this whole new world of self-storage. Mm-hmm. And I understood how to use money because I was already in real estate. Right. And I ended up qualifying for the SBA. I purchased my first self-storage facility, an 88-unit facility. And at that point, you know, I said, there's no looking back because I don't got to deal with tenants, mm-hmm. no trash, mm-hmm. no toilets, no plumbing, no kitchens. And I still get all the benefits of real estate. So. What's going on, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Marvin Francois Show, your number one podcast for all things business, finance, and investing. And today is a very special day because our guest today is a TEDx talk speaker. He's the host of the Making of a Mogul Financial Literacy Tour, and he owns over 300 units of commercial real estate, golly, worth over seven figures, and has launched an online commercial real estate academy to help people like yourself and myself learn how to make a crazy bag, a ridiculous bag in the commercial real estate state game today i'm here with the one the only young mogul aka my guy ramel newers how you doing brother i'm blessed to be here bro man happy to have you brother happy to have you man welcome welcome to the podcast brother and today's gonna be a great day because we're gonna be talking about all things commercial real estate how to get started in the field and he's gonna be breaking down game on top of game on top of game but before we get into that, y'all already know the drill. Take a second, take a minute, take an hour out of your day right here, right now to just go ahead, slap the like button and show this episode some love. But my guy. Welcome to the show, man. Happy to have you. I'm blessed to be here. I'm ready. I'm ready to give the game out. That's you, what I'm. I'm ready to like jump you, right into it. Listen, man. Let's let's <laughs> let, let's get right into it, man. I've been yeah. following you for some time. I've always wanted to bring you on here. You know, I've had some people come on here and talk about Airbnb. Mm. They talked about real residential real estate. I go on Instagram. I see this brother talking about commercial real estate. Commercial real estate. I said, I I got I got to clear my schedule and have this man come on here and give the game because. It's a crazy bag being made in the commercial real estate game, am I right? Thanks. But before we get into that, though, of course, for there's some people that's watching this right now that may not know who you are. So take a second to let them know who you are, where you're from, what you do, and how you got your start. Yes, sir. So my name is Ramel Newworlds, 30 years old, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, come from the jungle. Story like anybody else, food stamps, like free lunch. Mm-hmm. Grew up in a three-bedroom apartment with 12 siblings, right? Shared a bed with my grandmother since I was 14. So... Just humble beginnings, that, that's my life, right? right? Anybody 
pretty much have the same story coming from poverty. But I always had a desire to to be great mm -hmm. and to do something better with my life and never settle because one thing my dad always told me is to never settle for a job, right? Because a job stands for just over broke. Because mm. he worked 50, 60 hours. He retired with a pension. Mm -hmm. But he said that wasn't it, right? Mm. He worked for somebody else 20, 30 years and didn't have a million dollars cash when he retired. So mm -hmm. he told me just to think bigger. And um, that's what I did. So I got into the real estate business in 2014, mm -hmm. right? And I'm um, just... Started marketing, sending out letters, I'm cold calling, I'm doing all of the dirty work that most people don't want to do, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm doing it out of desperation because I need to do something different with my life. Mm -hmm. And I end up coming across a motivated seller, right? This person, I was going through a pre-foreclosure, a brownstone in Brooklyn. And you know, these properties in Brooklyn go for crazy numbers, Man. but I, I was able to get this property on the contract, $590,000, a two-family brownstone. Mm -hmm. But the crazy thing is I didn't have the money. Mm -hmm. And this is why I like to share my story. I teach people how to go out there and buy commercial real estate with no money down strategies because that's how I started, mm -hmm. right? And I would I tried to apply for a mortgage. They denied me because mm -hmm. I was only making $55,000 a year. I'm 50 to 55000 a year. I was working at Pepsi mm -hmm. as a sales rep. So I was Gatorade, Pepsi, Purely Tea. I was the one in the grocery stores 4 or 5 in the morning. Right? Crazy. And, um, you know, I got denied for the mortgage. So I said, there's no way. I could let this deal fall through my fingers. Mm -hmm. I went to over 50 real estate meetups, bro. I, I went on Eventbrite and I would type in real estate meetups and mm -hmm. I would go bring my business card. I would introduce myself dressing up, wearing a tie mm -hmm. to see if I could find my next business partner that will invest in me so I can get this deal done. Mm -hmm. And by the grace of God, I end up finding a lady who's old enough to be my grandmother mm -hmm. and she's a broker, been in the business 20 years, but she said, I see something in you. Right? Okay. You remind me of my son. I want to help you out. She ended up connecting me to another investor who I showed the deal to. He put up the entire $590,000 for me. I put no money out of my pocket. Mm -hmm. I just had to give him 50% equity in the deal, mm -hmm. right? So we acquired the deal, put about $40,000 in renovations, put it back on the market, sold it for $1.2 million, made six figures in risk, my very first deal. Your very first deal? Very first deal. Say that again, but say it slow. <laughs> Your very first deal? My very first deal. I walked away from the closing table net after my commission split fees $157,000 net to my pocket. Father God. Goodness gracious. And then from there, you was off to the race. Yeah, you know, I was I was up. You feel mm -hmm. me? You couldn't tell me nothing. 25 right. years old, making that type of money where it took me three to four years to make that working at Pepsi. And I started buying more properties, another duplex, a single family here, triplex. And I built up to about 40 units. Mm -hmm. It took me around six years to get to that point. But that's when I got into the self storage business. I'm gonna break that down mm -hmm. uh, because in 2020, right, right, the pandemic happened, and I had a lot of these properties. But most people are not gonna tell you this, right? They are gonna act like it was all good. But for me, it wasn't all good. Right. I had about 40% of my tenants stop paying me rent Yeesh. because I bought these properties in low income areas and people losing their jobs, people stressed tight on money. Right. And now we got the eviction ban where you don't have to uh, pay your rent. Right. right? So now I have these tenants not paying their rent, but I'm stuck with the mortgage, taxes, insurance, right. maintenance, and I'm debt heavy, but I'm cash poor. Right. So I had to think creatively, how could I pivot and figure out a way to make it through this process, right? So I started to sell off some of my properties. And at that time, the market was sky high. People mm -hmm. was paying $20,000, $30,000 over asking price. So I said, let me liquidate, get some cash in, and I could figure my way out from that point on. I sold off a good of my properties. But this one property in particular, right? Mm -hmm. I had a tenant in there, and the buyer was offering me $20,000 more than asking price, but he wanted the property delivered vacant. Okay. So I asked that tenant to leave, and I said, no matter what you owe me, I just want you out. I actually gave him $2,000. We call it cash for keys. So okay. you give me the keys. He go, $2,000. I don't care what you owe me. But he said, 
I need you to put my items in a storage unit for 90 days until I find another place to stay. Right. I said, bet, let's do it. I went to every single storage facility in my area. Everything was sold out. Mm. I'm like, damn, I need to be on this side of the business. Why all the units sold out? And at that point, light bulb went off, YouTube University, right? Mm -hmm. Google, I'm, I'm looking up all the information on the storage business, mm -hmm. and I end up coming across a mastermind. I paid $25,000, flew out to Arizona. I learned this whole new world of self-storage, mm -hmm. and I understood how to use money because I was already in real estate, right. and I ended up qualifying for the SBA. And I'm going to break that down Oh, we're going to get into everything. But I purchased my first self-storage facility, 88-unit facility, and at that point, you know, I said, there's no looking back because I don't got to deal with tenants, mm -hmm. no trash, mm -hmm. no toilets, no plumbing, no kitchens, and I still get all the benefits of real estate. So that's that's pretty much how I got to this. Goodness point. gracious, man. So let's 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 break that down a little bit more because yeah. that, that's heavy. So now, yeah. like I said, I've had a lot of people come on in the real estate space, but a lot of them come from the residential side. This is my mm -hmm. first time having somebody on who's been in the residential side that transferred over to the commercial side. So if I'm watching this and I'm for, this is my first time hearing about commercial, let's talk a little bit more about commercial versus residential, right? Because like I said, you worn both hats. You're wearing one right now. So talk a little bit about if I'm looking to get into real estate, what's the difference between, you know, life as be, life as an investor in the commercial space versus the residential space and why I should be looking to get into the commercial real estate space in the near future? It's simple. You know, commercial real estate is where the big boys play. That's it. When we think about these skyscrapers in New York City or any city, that's that's where the big money is. Mm -hmm. When we think about social storage, that's where the big money is. Um, residential, the difference technically is you have anything that's four units and below, mm -hmm. that's residential. Anything that's five units and up, that's considered commercial. So gotcha. you can have a small apartment building. Me personally, I go after small apartment buildings, right? Mm -hmm. Five to 30 units because that's that's the sweet spot where you can still find independent owners and not deal with the big REITs, right? Mm -hmm. um, you also have office space. You have retails like stadiums, golf courses. But my favorite, self-storage, right? Mm -hmm. Where you just rent out units for people that's looking to store their items versus um, residential, single-family houses, anywhere where you technically can live in. And I think of commercial as anywhere you do business out of. Right? Gotcha. So they, you know, that's the best way to simplify it. Got you. So, and it's funny that you break up self-storage because, you know, you from Brooklyn, I'm from Brooklyn, man. I, I, I'm to every corner I turn, I feel like I'm seeing a new self-storage facility. I see a CubeSmart here and a couple other ones there. Why self-storage? Why, why was that the lane within commercial real estate where you're like, I'm going to plant my flag and I'm going I'm to run it up in this space? Because for me, I don't do this for money. Right. I do this for freedom. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? I got another child on the way. I got my son is 18 months. I got another baby on the way. And I like to spend time with my family. I want to travel the world. Right. Because and I, you know, I use my dad as an example because he inspired me growing up. My mom, she passed away when I was 12, right? But she was an entrepreneur. But what I understood from is that time is not promised to nobody. Right. right? Lost my mom at 12, lost my grandmother at 14. And all I had was my dad, right? And my dad worked 20, 30 years and retired and felt like he missed out on our life, right? Because you can't even be there as much because you're working. Right. So for me, I don't want to repeat that, right? I love my dad, but he just wasn't there all the time because you're working. Right. I want to be with my family. So the reason why I love self-storage specifically is because I automate the business, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll give you, break it down right now. With my 88-unit facility, that's in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. I don't have anybody working that facility. Everything is automated. Mm -hmm. You go online, you can rent the unit online. Mm -hmm. Once you pay... You get your code in the email, you go straight to the gate, you put your code in, you go straight to your unit. Nobody needs to be there, mm -hmm. right? I have VAs that manage the cameras 24-7. Mm -hmm. So now I literally can make this cash flow, but don't have to physically be in the business where 
residential, mm-hmm. I'm managing the property managers, mm-hmm. right? Like 12 a.m., oh, the water broke. The My water toilet clogged. You feel what I'm saying? Right. So for me, again, it's about freedom. Right. It's about me getting time and me getting mailbox money. Got you. I love it. I love it. All right. So now let's yeah. bre- let's let's break it down a little bit more. How first for the first step? How can I go about finding a self storage facility if I'm looking to get into that lane of commercial real estate? What's that process like? There's a few ways you could do it. One of the, the websites that I love to talk about is Biz Buy Sell. Say it again, but say it slow. Biz Buy Sell. Okay. B i z b u i s e l o. They should be giving me a check for this. Come one. on, man. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> but Biz Buy Sell. That's a business brokerage website. So not only self storage, you can find. Restaurant owners, right? Mm. Cleaning companies, anybody that's a tired business owner and ready to sell their business, they go and list it with a broker and you put it on that site. So you may have somebody that owns a self storage facility, you know, they're ready to retire, ready to get out the business, and you can go find them. Loop, LoopNet as well. That's another one. LoopNet. And then my last one that I'll give them is offmarketselfstorage.com. Okay. So that's self storage facilities where you can go pull a list of the owners, call them up, and see if they're interested in selling. Um, and even in Facebook groups as well. You know? Facebook groups as well. You can find self-storage facilities on Facebook Absolutely. groups. Interesting. Okay, okay. I'm giving out the game right now. Listen, let's go. We, all, we, about, we about to get into it. Okay, yeah. so we get, just gave three different lanes where we can go about finding self-storage facilities, mm-hmm. right? Now, you know just as well as I do in any form of business, it doesn't matter if you do real estate, stocks, trucking, whatever it may be. It all comes down to one thing and one thing only, the numbers, Facts. right? So if I know these platforms where I can go and find different self-storage facilities, I'm not just going to throw money at the first thing I see smoking, right? I need to be able to know how to break things down to know what's a good deal versus a bad deal. So I know in real estate, one of the more popular things is the 65% rule, right? When it comes to finding a good residential property. Is there, how do I, as a new investor who's looking to get into the self-storage game, know a good self-storage facility deal to get into versus a bad one? There's a few different indicators, right? Number one, the first thing that I'm looking at is called supply index. Okay. So a supply index will determine if there's a demand for facility in that area. So you will get all the facilities in a five-mile radius, right? Okay. And then you'll total up how many units in that five-mile radius, and you divide it by the population. Mm -hmm. When you get that number, it should be 7% or below. Mm -hmm. The reason why I like to understand that supply index, because I may build a facility or buy a facility, but the population is dying. People moving out. Nobody's even renting a unit, right? right? I need to look at the median income for that area because if I'm in an area where you can't even afford your rent, mm-hmm. who's to say you have the extra cash to go right. rent out a storage unit, right? right. So I want to look at the population. I want to look at the, the income. And then as far as just numbers-wise, I need to look at my cash on cash return. Okay, That's all I care about. How much money am I putting out of my pocket? How long is it going to take me to get that money back? Mm-hmm. My threshold is five years. Like anything below that is even better. But if it takes me more than five years to get my actual cash out of my pocket, it's not a deal for me. Gotcha. You know? And then from there, I would go in to see, you know, is there any room for expansion? How could I create multiple streams of income on it? Where's the value add? And, you know, we go forth. But that's kind of a layout to even get started to see if it makes sense for me. How many self-storage, how many, uh, self-storage facilities do you have right now? Three. Okay, got you. Could you break down the numbers for one of those facilities right now in terms of like, you know, expenses, profit and loss, things like that? Yeah. Talk so with the 88-unit facility, I'll, this is the most simple facility, so I'll break that one down, right? It's bringing in a little over $100,000 gross a year, $103,000, like roughly. Right. Now, I have a loan with the SBA, right? So that was 10% down. I came to the table with around $85,000 down. My mortgage is... 4,300, 40, between 43 and 4,500. Um, and then I'll have maintenance as far as taxes. I have my lawn care, snow removal. So 
I'm, you know, my expenses is somewhere around eight, nine thousand dollars. Gotcha. Right. So I'm bringing in four, five, four, five thousand dollars passive income that's coming in every okay. single month. That's what I'm bringing in net. Um, but now we're gonna take it a step further. Talk to me. I put vending machines on the facility as well. Mm. So now on top of the rental income that I'm making on the vending machines. I mean, that I'm making on the units, mm-hmm. I bring in an additional fifteen dollars to $2,000 a month just off of vending machines a month. So now that's just additional cash flows coming in. Mm-hmm. And I got a partnership with an insurance company where I require all of my tenants to get insurance because when you rent out a unit, if something happens to your belongings, I'm not responsible, mm-hmm. right? You want to make sure you get insurance. And I get 30% commission every single month when you pay your insurance bill. So those are that's that facility specifically. Uh, my expense ratio is about 35% of mm-hmm. my um, income on that facility. Yo, what's good to all my millionaires? If you want to do something different this new year, I got something special for you. On January 9th, I am hosting my cash flow bootcamp. So for five days straight, I'm going to show you my exact proven strategies on how you can go out there and purchase commercial real estate. With no money down strategies, literally no money out of your pocket. So if you want to sign up, you got to move fast because spots are limited. So what you want to do is click the link in the description or you can just text Marvin to 347-429-6496. Text Marvin to 347-429-6496. All right, let's get back to the episode. Got you. Now, yeah. another question I'll have is, are all, because you're based, I think you're based out of PA right now, are yeah. all of your self-storage facilities within PA? No. Okay, got you. Yeah. So my next question would be, you know, similar to how some people do with residential, with self-storage facilities, do they, I mean, you kind of just answered the question, uh, is it possible for us to also get our hands in self-storage facilities out of state? And what does that process look like? Yeah, so I have a facility in Arkansas and in Tennessee, mm-hmm. and it's far away from me. But I hire a management company. They take 10 percent and they manage the day to day. They um, manage the actual employees. I just get my reports. I go check on it a quarterly basis. But again, when you buy a two family, three family, four family is heavier load on your property management because they're dealing with people every single day. Right. Right. Somebody's upstairs and they're loud, making too much noise. This tenant is upset. They're complaining. They're calling you. Right. It's wear and tear on that apartment because you have kids and mm-hmm. they're using the bathroom. Now it's plumbing. It's clogging up the pipes. Right. So now you have more problems that you have to solve. Mm-hmm. Whereas with my tenants that rent out units, you put the you they put the items in and don't come back for a year, two years. They just they just want to know that it's there. Mm-hmm. Right. So you don't have a lot of that day-to-day issues that you have to resolve. So um, you know, the management company put out hire the management company, they take care of that, and I move on. Gotcha. So now when it comes to actually getting our hand on the self-storage facilities, like any other business, we gotta get leads, right? We gotta get leads for this business so that this business can start creating cash flow, you know, pay me back this investment that I've made. How do you go about finding, you know, potential suitors, clients, leads for this business, for people to come and rent out your self-storage units? Marketing. Mm-hmm. So um, website, right? We'll do a website, traffic, open house. So we'll do like for the one in Arkansas, it was at a 60% occupancy. So what that okay. means is, is 106 units, only 60% of the units were occupied, right? Mm-hmm. So now we do a big open house where we'll have the kids come, we'll do things, pay in. Um, we'll give out food, we'll give out different things so that we now let everybody in that area know it's new management, here's this facility. You know, we actually painted the doors blue. It was old, rusty gray, so that now when people drive by, they can see it. We put the sign up above the road. So things like that, that's how we get people. The most most people that buy self-storage facilities, they just go straight to Google, type it, and find a website. They already know what they're looking for. Right. You know? 
And that's how we do it. So you actually said something that was key just now. You said that, you know, when you got the, because you have a self-storage uh, facility in Arkansas, yep. that it was at 60% occupancy. So that's another thing, too, kind of going back to the residential side. Usually, obviously, you could buy, you know, residential real estate. Sometimes there'll be like maybe a tenant in one unit. But typically, people buy the units vacant. They're tore down and essentially rebuilding it back up. With self-storage facilities, are we buying them already renovated with people inside of them? Or are we buying them, to, like, are we, should we look for them to be totally vacant and we're starting from scratch? What should our approach be as a newer investor? Yeah, I want them undervalued. So I want them to be somewhat, you know, distressed. Okay. Which means it's not fully occupied, right? Um, the rents are super low. Mm -hmm. the, the owner is not doing any marketing. The owner is still collecting payments via cash. Mm -hmm. I like distressed facilities because that's where we could add the value. Mm -hmm. And that's really where we get our money. So it's the same approach to residential. You know, we want to buy at 65 cents on a dollar. It's the same kind of concept. I want to know that I could add value to it. Got you. And, and another thing, too, kind of going back to finding the self-storage facility that worked for us. A lot of people, when they think about getting in the self-storage game, they think about, you know, big names like CubeSmart, right? So with us getting into it, is there a difference between us, like, partnering, I guess, would we be buying into a franchise like a CubeSmart, or are there, like, more independent routes that we can go to get in the self-storage facility route? How does that look? So me, I do independent. And what's, what's crazy is most people think of self-storage and they think of public storage, cube smart, extra space, like you said, but those are like the big boys, right? You can actually buy and franchise one of those mm. or you can invest in the REIT, right? But for me, I do more independent mom and pop self-storage. What's owners. the difference? The difference is that's a public traded company that, you know, you could buy into a franchise or mm -hmm. you can invest in, you know, buy shares of their company and independent, just a, you and I own this facility and we're running it and we're managing it. And 80% of the facilities are ran by mom and pop. It's just that mm. we only see the big boys because it's just noticeable. They do more marketing. Mm -hmm. So they control what we see. But for us that's in the business, mm. we know that, you know, small mom and pop owners that's been owning for 30, 40 years, that's who we target. And a lot of the business, you can, if you just drive around, right, go outside of New York because New York is a little different, right? It's just, it's just a big boy city. But go to Jersey, go to... Pennsylvania, go to Ohio, right? Go to Vegas, go to smaller markets, and you will see how many self-storage facilities there are that don't say CubeSmart. They don't say public storage, right? They'll say, you know, South self-storage, right? Mm -hmm. Just the local self-storage. Got you, got you. Another question I want to ask is, you know, when it comes to uh, self-storage, could you, because you talk about different ways to monetize self-storage facilities. You talk about vending machines, which is a play, because mm -hmm. if you think about it, you got people that's coming in, they bringing their stuff, mm -hmm. they sweating, they tired, a vending machine in the front with some ice cold drinks you know that's some nice cash flow that's coming in the insurance play was a really good one too are you able to can you sub can these people that are renting the units sublease those units to other potential suitors as well or are you not able to do that within commercial it's up to you as the owner so if you allow the people who rent out the units to sublease you can do it. me personally i don't do that right i okay. just i, I want to get all the money so i'm gonna break this down for you i want to talk to me and this is one of the biggest reasons why i love self-storage because I can create multiple streams of income out of one acquisition. Right. How many streams of income do they say the average millionaire has? Seven. Exactly, right? So now, if you have to get seven streams of income mm -hmm. to become a millionaire, now I have to do seven different things. I'm spread thin. There's no way I could reach that level of success. Right. Well, when I buy a self-storage facility, I could actually create multiple streams. So we talked about the vending machines, mm -hmm. right? Now we're going to need trucking mm -hmm. so we could actually partner with a trucking company and provide transportation or partner with U-Haul mm -hmm. and provide transportation. Mm -hmm. Or we can now just go get our own vans, right? Mm -hmm. Go get your own vans, no money down, add that to your service. Okay, we need movers. 
because mm. a lot of people they come in and out. They don't want to pick up the big bed right. and the you know the TV. Well, now I could add my moving service. Right, okay? right. I already told you about the insurance. Mm-hmm. Now the next thing is Amazon drop off. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know you could actually sign up to be an Amazon drop off location. If I buy my package from Amazon, I'm lazy. I don't feel like going and doing all that legwork. I'm going to just drop it off at the facility. And now I have more traffic coming in so I can sell more of my items. I could also sell locks, boxes, packing supplies. That's a retail service, right? Mm-hmm. And then the last thing, because I could go on and on with this, but what I'm working on right now, and Talk I shouldn't be giving up the Drop game, it, drop it, drop it. Let's go. We're building out some of the units to be content studios. <sighs> So now people that need podcasts, mm-hmm. instead of you going to pay an arm and a leg at the studio, I'm right. going to cut the market, I'm going to penetrate the market and rent it out to you. You come in here and I'll charge you about an hour versus a regular unit. I'm charging about a month. Right. So now I can rent out my units as a podcast studio or a content studio just to come and do photo shoots, right? All I got to do is soundproof it, you know, add a backdrop. I don't need a bathroom. I don't need any of these things, right? So um, those are just the different plays that you can run out of that one acquisition. And I say that because most people get tired trying to get 10 properties, 20 properties. All I need is one facility per year. Mm-hmm. And I run these different plays out of it and do that next year. <laughs> run these different plays out of it. It's about working higher, not harder. Come on now. Say it again. Say that again. Say that last part again. <laughs> it's about working higher, not harder. That's beautiful, bro. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, and that's, and that's, a, and what you just dropped is a gem too, because a lot of times people feel like, okay, I got to do Airbnb and I got to invest in crypto. It's like, no, you get in the self-storage game. There are multiple ways that you can monetize this thing because you got units upon units upon units. I didn't even think about, you know, a content creator studio within one of the units. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And on top of that, you know, uh, typically how much does a, a, typically a unit go for like on a month to month basis? It depends on the area that you're in. So, so like for like one of your for one of your units, how much? Ten by ten, ninety bucks. So that's what I'm saying. Like a ten by a ten by ten. You mean to tell me, or let's say, how how much larger do I get from like size wise? Um, you go up to thirty by twenty. How, how much is a thirty by twenty? Let's say that one. That's two fifty. So well, imagine, for the month. For so that's what I'm saying. You get a thirty by twenty, two fifty for the month. I can come in there. I'm just knocking content out the window. Hey, brother, listen, <laughs> listen. Yes, yeah, I love it. Okay, this, okay, that's beautiful. So now. Let's 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 stay along the money talk. Let's get okay. a little bit deeper into money. Another big part of real estate is equity, yeah. right? The 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 value of the property. Let's talk a little bit about the equity that comes with commercial real estate. Are we able to refinance our uh, our self storage facilities the same way we would with like a residential real estate yeah. property? Yeah, you talking my language, bro? Let's go let's again. Go this is why I say I, I'm I'm excited to share this information because we haven't been told that you could actually run these plays. Mm-hmm. Residential, you can refinance the same thing as commercial real estate. But with commercial real estate, the value of your property, your building, your storage facility is based upon your net operating income. So the more cash that you could bring to your bottom line, mm-hmm. the value goes up. Mm-hmm. So by me adding these different streams of income, if I generate an additional fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a month because I didn't add it these different streams, twenty thousand dollars times twelve months, what's that? $240,000 that I generated an additional new income. Right. And then you divide that by the market cap rate. So every market has a different cap rate. It varies based upon where you are. Mm-hmm. But Pennsylvania, my market is 8%. Right? Okay. So $240,000, you divide that by 8%. Mm-hmm. What's that? Uh, I think that's like $3 million, something mm-hmm. like that. So whatever that number is. But that's how it works. You get the your net operating divided by your cap rate, and that's the value. That three million, I could go refinance seventy five percent of it and pull two plus million out mm-hmm. 
and go reinvest, go right. buy another facility. So it runs the same exact way. Love it. I love it. Let's 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 stay along the topic of money because you're an entrepreneur. Facts. I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. We both know it takes money to make money, right? You got to invest a bag if you want to get a bag back. So there might be someone that may watch this interview. They go and run and start Googling self-storage facility. They see that price tag. and like, man, I don't, I don't got X amount of dollars to get started. I don't got X amount of money in the bank account. Mm -hmm. But that's where funding comes into yeah. play, right? So let's talk a little bit about that. If I'm looking to get into the self-storage game, I need funding. I need financing in order for me to get my foot, in the, my foot in the water. What are some different ways that we can go about, you know, because I hear all this talk about business credit this and business credit that. How can I go about getting the funding that I need to get started in the self-storage game? Yes. So I want, I want to give this step-by-step -step play. Go ahead. Like, take your notes. Come on, man. Step -step take a, take so, a pen and a paper out. I got my pen and my paper. I'm ready. Let's it's, go. It's no excuses at all. It's just really about you having the will and the desire because the opportunities out here for you. So right. if somebody's starting out and they want to figure out a way to get the capital, number one, you're going to go and get business credit. Okay. Right? So you can go Navy Federal Credit Union, Citizens Bank, Fulton Bank, Key Bank. You could pick any of those banks, right? Mm -hmm. Let's use Key Bank, for example. Key Bank, they'll approve you up to $50,000 on a business line of credit with no docs, mm -hmm. no bank statements, no tax returns, no W-2. You can get up to $50,000, plus they'll give you a personal credit card and a business credit card, mm -hmm. right? One of my mentees, she just got a $50,000 business line of credit, a $35,000 business credit card, and a $15,000 personal credit card. Crazy. So she just got $100,000 from that one bank, Right. If you go and run that play across multiple banks, think about how much money you can get. But I want you to stay right there, right? Mm -hmm. So this is what we do. We make money off that same, off other people's money, I can make three to four times on that money just one time, right? So just right. let me break this down now. We do what we call wholesale and credit. Mm -hmm. So if I got a credit card, I can add somebody onto my credit card and now charge them a fee and make money. So now I'm making money by having that $35,000 credit card or that $10,000 credit card, right? Mm -hmm. Now I have the $50,000 line of credit set to the side. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to do is pull that $50,000 off the line of credit. I'm going to withdraw it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take it, and I'm going to invest into a life insurance policy, right? Mm -hmm. IUL, cash value policy, where you're going to fund your policy. Mm -hmm. Now, most people are going to say, well, I got to pay the minimum payment on that. You're wholesaling the other two credit cards. That money is paying for the minimum off the business line of credit. Right. Now you have a life insurance policy that's cash value, right? It's called infinite banking. Mm -hmm. You could take that borrow against your policy, right? Because you have a contract with your insurance company, you're going to borrow against it. Mm -hmm. But that money that you invested is still growing. Mm -hmm. So you're making money wholesaling the credit. You're making money with the interest on your on your policy, but you're going to take that money back out. $50,000 will get you up to a $500,000 self-storage facility. Okay. So you only need to come with 10%. All you need to come is 10% because okay. we leverage SBA, okay. 7A loan, okay, which is specifically designed for newbie self-storage investors, mm -hmm. right? So now you got the SBA loan, $500,000 facility, and then you go back to what I said as far as adding those different streams onto that on that facility. Mm -hmm. You got money from one place, and you used it to go get three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times on that same money, and it wasn't even your money to begin with. But you got to be strategic. You got to be creative. You got to understand discipline. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really no way. That's, that's, that's how I would you know, give anybody a roadmap to go get this funded. Let me tell you something right now. <laughs> Let me tell you something yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. I'll slap your mic down if you drop another gem on this yeah. podcast, bro. That's ridiculous, bro. Mm -hmm. That is crazy. absolutely crazy. So you mean to tell me there's no no excuses? There's no reason why I shouldn't be able to go out here and run up a bag in the in the self no of the game. And and I want to say this because some people say, oh, I may have bad credit, right? I won't get approved for that. 
Well, you need to figure out who got good credit. Right. So every single year I have what I call a family legacy meeting. Mm-hmm. So I bring my family together, my aunts, my cousins, my brothers, my sister, my wife, her, her, her brother, everybody. Let's go. We're going to get in this room. Mm-hmm. And there's two requirements. Before you show up, I need to make sure your credit profile is up, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to come. We want to see your credit. You got to have an LLC as well. So we set your LLC up before you even come to the meeting. Mm-hmm. Everybody that's at that meeting, we're looking at the profiles. Whoever has the best credit profile, we're going to add them onto the LLC, and then we're going to go get funded. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to create partners. I personally may not have the best credit, but if I have the strategy, I can bring you on and still make money with you, right? right. I did this with my cousin. He worked 50, 60 hours. He's the correction officer, right? Mm-hmm. All he knows is just work, 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 pay his bills. But he's not creative when it comes to financial literacy and, like, credit strategies, right? Mm-hmm. Opened up his credit profile. He had an 800 credit score, didn't even know it. Put him on my business as an operating, on, on an operating agreement. Got him $45,000 in 24 hours. Yeesh. He was like, damn, I want more. Let's do that again. Mm-hmm. So I said, I said, I want to set you up, though. Mm-hmm. Got his business set up, compliant. Got him $250,000 in funding. Mm-hmm. Guess what? He's now an investor in my facilities now. Mm-hmm. He just got the bag. I call you up. I say, yo, we need 80000 to put down on this facility. You're going to be a partner with me, right? So, again, if you don't have the, the credit, as long as you have the information mm-hmm. and the strategy, you now have to pull people together to get it done. So, so any... <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to sweat. This is, this is, this is, this is, so now let's, let's, let's go, let's go back to a couple of things, right? Because one, one, one point that you mentioned was the SBA 7A loan. Mm -hmm. I uh, probably along with a lot of, a couple other people, we only first found out about the SBA when of course 2020 came around. You just mentioned the SBA 7A loan and most of us are thinking like, well, you know, we still in COVID. We kind of out of COVID. We can't get no money from the SBA if COVID is around. You're saying that we could work with the SBA to be able to get funding and financing for the deals. And the name of the loan is called the what? The 7A loan? 7A. So the SBA been out since the 1950s. Okay. And the reason why self-storage qualifies for SBA loans because it's not only real estate. It's a small business. Mm -hmm. You're running a small business. It's just that you get the land and the appreciation, equity, and everything that come with it. Mm -hmm. And the SBA, they will finance you up to 90%. So all you got to do is come to the table with 10%. Mm-hmm. Literally, that's like... Is it, that the only... They don't care about credit? They don't care about anything else? Well, your credit needs to be at a 650 Okay, got you. Below. I mean, 650 or higher. Correct. Um, yes, they will require you to have a business plan. So but anything, whenever you're going to get money from the bank or the government, especially yeah, they, the government, they yeah. want to make sure that they got you got your documents in order. So you will need W-2s, mm-hmm. pay stubs. Mm-hmm. Like I said, a business plan to understand what are you going to do with this facility? Mm-hmm. How do you take it from here to here, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, but you get all of those documents in place. I, I'll do it. If they're going to give me up to $5 million, oh, they yeah. give you up to $5 okay. million. Dollars. Up to $5 million. Up to $5 million. Somebody off the street that want to go buy a facility, mm-hmm. all you got to do is get the paperwork in order and you can get up to $5 million? Oh yeah, I'm a whatever whatever you asking for. Whatever, sign me up. Whatever I gotta do. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's it. Okay, got you. And then you also another thing you talked about too was the power of relationships, partnerships. Mm-hmm. If you don't got good credit, go and find somebody else that does have good yeah. credit, and y'all be able to partner up and finance a deal moving forward. For you being in this industry as long as you do, because now there's some people is, we've gotten to this part of the episode, and they're like, "Oh man, I'm about to become a millionaire tonight mm-hmm. off the self storage game," right? But you know better than most people do that. You know, obviously this isn't a overnight you know, one-time thing. Talk a little bit about the process from where you start in real estate to kind of getting to this point, just so people understand like the reality of what they're getting ready to walk into with the self-storage game. 
Yeah, um, just like any business, man, you're always going to have things that come up. You're always going to have issues. You're going to have obstacles, mm -hmm. right? I explained how I had 40 units and then COVID happened and 40% of my tenants stopped paying. My income disappeared, right? And then you think about like, the stock market was down at that. Still still taking a beat, right? right. So now my, my, I was working a job. My 401k was disappearing, right? My tenants not paying me. All these things happen at once. And you got to be prepared. When it, when it comes to the self-storage business, you also have people that don't pay their units. They don't pay their rent. Mm -hmm. So now you got to go through that process. But the, the benefit is we don't go by eviction laws. We go by lien laws. Mm -hmm. So if somebody doesn't pay their rent on a unit, I'm going to give them a 30-day notice. And if they don't pay, I'm going to send them to collections. But now I hire an auction company to come in. The auction company runs an auction. And then whatever they sell off that unit, right. I put a lien on it. And I'm gonna get back at least what I'm owed, right? Sometimes mm. I may just lose the the unit may not even go for the money that I'm expecting, right? So right. you gotta be ready for that. You have city inspections as well. You know, so when you have your inspection, you gotta make sure everything's up to date, up to code. Um, you know, you have partnerships and vendors. Mm -hmm. So there's times where the vendor don't we have a vendor um that comes in and does the the trucking, mm -hmm. right? So if the trucks break down, right, things are happening, you have now clients is filing complaints and mm -hmm. you have to deal with that because it's, it's your business. So right. it's, it's so many things, but ultimately I will say, like, what is it worth? Mm -hmm. Like for me, whenever I, whenever there's an obstacle, bro, like whenever I hear no, I get excited. Like that's just me. I, I, I'm insane about it because I, I feel like it's like going to the gym, mm -hmm. right? When you're working out, you feel that like pain, mm -hmm. right? It's like, damn, but you know that you're working through it right. because pain is connected to joy. You mm -hmm. know, pain, you got you you get that gain, right? So in, in business, whenever there's an obstacle for me, I say, yo, this is a this is not an obstacle, this is an opportunity. Mm. You know, so that's what I would share with anybody to know. Like, yo, it is stuff that come with it, but you know. It's worth it. It's worth way it. Way worth it. Talk a little bit, I know, and I know we have to get you out of here real soon. Before before we begin to close this thing out, I know that you have a challenge coming up. Yep, yep. I'd be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity to talk <laughs> about this challenge. Cause I see what you're doing out here, brother. Yeah, yeah. Talk a little bit about the, uh, the five-day challenge that you have coming up. Yeah, so I have a cash flow boot camp. Mm -hmm. um, that's what we do. So it's intense. Okay. You know, you see what we did on this podcast. Right. I, I'm literally giving you everything that you need to go out there and get access to capital, right? Mm -hmm. We talking about infinite banking, becoming your own bank. Forget the bank. We cut them out, mm -hmm. right? I want you to be your own bank. We're going to leverage them, right? So I'm teaching you everything you need to know about going to get credit, funding, and then taking that to go create cash flow, right? Mm -hmm buying apartment buildings, buying self-storage facility, how to create multiple streams out of it, how to scale, right? Everything. So you get to spend really six days. If you go VIP, you get to spend six days with me for an hour and a half straight. Mm -hmm. I get to answer your questions. I break down the full game. Mm -hmm. It's just a no-brainer if you don't sign up. Gotcha. Right? So that's pretty much what we got going on. It's called the Cashflow Bootcamp. Cashflow Bootcamp. And it and it, the first day of the, the challenge starts when? January 9th. So it's from January 9th to, to the 13th. To the 13th. Yeah. And they get they get you for five days if they do a general admission, which is how much, if you don't mind me. $97 for general admission. So you mean to tell me? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure I'm hearing you correctly, brother. Yeah, yeah. You won't give me game on top of game on top of game for five days. I'm going to get you for five days. How many hours a day? An hour and a half. An well, hour and a half. So if your general admission is only an hour. Okay. If you are VIP, it's an hour and a half. If I so if I'm general, it's an hour. VIP is an hour and a half. So and, and VIP is how much? VIP is two ninety seven. So I'm gonna get you for three hundred dollars. Yeah. Six days a week. Six days a week. 
nonstop game on top of game on top of game. Loading them up. And I got special guests that I can't. I'm not even going to announce. You, you're basically giving it away for free. You know that, right? They, um, they robbing me. They, they, they're basically <laughs> they, they're basically robbing you. So yeah. why 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 297? Why not run it? Because, you you know, we hear the game that you're dropping on this. Why not $2,970? Why only 297 to be honest with you, bro, you know, we come from Brooklyn, you know what I'm saying? Right. I come from humble beginnings, and I know that most people are scared to go to that next level, right? Mm -hmm. They're scared to be successful, right? right. They don't, they, they just have a lot of obstacles. So I said, yo, I want to make it as affordable as possible for somebody to get this information. Once you have the information and you don't execute, it's on you now, right? right? Because you can't change somebody. Like, once you stretch your mind, it can't go back to, a, to its original state. Fact. So I know... You can invest 300 bucks, but once I stretch your mind so much, you like it's hard for you to be like, I, I need to keep moving on. I need to keep doing it. So I put this together because I wanted to give an opportunity for anybody that's looking to learn how to get started in the commercial real estate business, get access to funding, and really just get financial independence. Fact. This is your way to do it for as affordable as possible. And it really is about a, it's a test drive, right? Mm -hmm. If you go and buy a Lamborghini, a Ferrari, Rolls Royce, you just don't go spend two hundred, three hundred thousand out, but you want to drive it around first. So right. this is a test drive for anybody that ever questioned or was on the fence about my mentorship program. Mm -hmm. Well, get to spend six days with me, see how I teach, mm -hmm. see if it works. I got students that's getting approved fifteen, twenty thousand the same day, mm -hmm. right? Like day one, they're getting approved, right? right. It's, so it's really about just getting in there, see what it's about, and then you know if you like that experience, you always could tap in for longer mentorship to get you from B, C, D. And fourth and all. And it's the cash flow boot the camp. Cash flow boot camp. The cash flow boot camp academy. I mean, listen, I, I'm I'm extremely excited to see what you do with this challenge, brother, because you just came on here and gave game on oh, top of game, on top of game. Yeah. Before I let you go, last question I'll ask is this, right? When it comes to the commercial real estate space, finish the sentence for me. Yeah. You should not get started in this space if blank. If you don't have a mentor. Dive a little bit more into that. Talk to me about that. Man, um, I feel like mentorship is a scam. Okay. Why is that? Because I took eight years of my life to lose money, the headache, the stress, <laughs> and okay. I give it to you for 300 bucks? Right. Like, you robbed me. Right. Right? Like, even mentors that I have, for you to make millions of dollars, and I only got to pay you 25000 and you, come on, that's a scam, really? Right. I could say, listen, I'm not, I'm not telling you nothing. You go figure it on your own. See how long it's going to take. See how much money you're going to lose. Mm -hmm. See how big of a headache you're going to have. So, Mentorship is the is, is is a GPS, bro. So if you going to a restaurant and you're trying to figure out how to get there, you want to put the address. You're not going to just try to figure out how to get there, right? Mm -hmm. So mentorship is your GPS to get to your destination. So I wouldn't do anything mm -hmm. without having a mentor because I want to. You know what they say: uh, a smart person learns from their mistakes, mm -hmm. but a wise person learns from the mistakes of others. Fact. I want to learn from what you did wrong and what you did right. And I'll figure out what works best, and I'm going to go apply it and move faster. There we go. Young Mogul, listen, yeah. before we let you go, let them know where they could find you. Yes, sir. So um, first and foremost, thank you for having me of on course. this platform. I appreciate you already know. I want to let everybody know, too, if you want to join the Cash Flow Boot Camp, mm -hmm. um, you can put this on the screen. You yeah, of course. Yeah. Text Marvin. They're going to text Marvin. Let's go. Let's do it. Because we're going to make sure we do something special for y'all. Right? Let's go. Text Marvin to 347-429-6496. Mm -hmm. Text Marvin to 347-429-6496, and you'll get the direct link, and we're going to do something special for you just because you came from this podcast. Mm -hmm. You can find me on Instagram. That's Mogul Lifestyle underscore. One underscore, 
It's a bunch of fake pages out there. Me. <laughs> One underscore YouTube, Mogul Elite Club. And we just stay giving our game and empowering our people. Most definitely. Let's go. Listen, make sure y'all tap into the five-day challenge. And as always, Young Mogul, thank you so much for sliding through and just giving game on top of game on top of game. I appreciate you for coming on this platform. And I appreciate y'all for taking the time out of your day to just tap in and learn about the commercial real estate space. And if you haven't already, the link will be in the description for you to join the challenge. Or you can text Marvin to the number that Young Mogul just dropped. But if you haven't already, make sure you guys take a second, take a minute, take an hour out of your day right here, right now. Just go ahead to slap the like button to show this episode some love and to subscribe to the channel for future episodes like this. I'm Marvin Francois. That's Young Mogul. Y'all have been good. We've been great. This has been amazing. And as always, thank you and God bless. Peace.